And on the tape, it'll freak you. I'll tell you what it is on this show. Yeah, we'll talk about so it for I'll sure. So set it up, okay? Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bizarre Junkies Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Austin Alvarez. we got George on the deck, so it's always a good show when yes, I know George yeah. is here. Woo-woo. So today we have a very special guest, and I know most of my audience, because I can see the demographics, you're mostly my age. You may not know who this is, but your grandparents and your parents for sure know who this is. I am joined by the, I don't even know if legendary is enough, but I am joined by Mr. Tony Orlando <laughs> Thank you, Austin. on the show. And I'm, I'm so grateful you're able to, to come on today. Now, sometimes, if you say to people your age... Um, my career comes down to one word, and it's based on a movie I made with Adam Sandler called That's My Boy. That's true. And so people your age and younger don't know that in the 70s, we sold you know millions of records, had a TV show on CBS for four years. And forget it. They know nothing, like, just as you just said. But if I walk up and go, what up? They know exactly who I am. <laughs> From that's my boy. I've, I've seen that movie, and I remember after after having met you, because I've known you a little over a year now. Right. Um, and then I went and saw that clip, and I was like, that's Tony? Yeah. Oh, no. They, they, I remember you telling me the story about how Adam Sandler got you to say those lines, and you didn't know they were going to be in, and you were like, Adam. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he was he was like, uh, he calls me Tony Boy. I mean, right. he could be my son, too, you know, John's age, basically, in his 50s. And he goes, uh, Tony Boy. I, I, I said, hey, Adam, man. Thank you. I'm the only guy in the whole movie that doesn't have a bad a, a word, nothing. I haven't said a bad word in on a stage in all my years, 62 years in show business. So thank you. Hey, man, Tony, well, you know, I respect that. I get on the set the first day and forget it. But I, if you see the movie, you'll see what I mean. He, he had me saying things I never thought I'd say in a film, but I had the greatest time. He is the greatest, nicest of all your young viewers out there that love Adam. What you see is what you get. There's no superstar thing about him. And when you think that Adam has earned $3 billion in sales for Sony Films, no comedian has ever done that in the history of filmmaking, ever. It's amazing. It is amazing. I like your show. Thank you. Yeah. So I I wanted to kind of go into a little bit. So here on this show, Tony, we talk about ghosts. We talk about the paranormal. We talk about aliens. We talk about cryptids. Mm -hmm. You know what a cryptid is? Like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. What Uh, got you into this, Austin? What is that? Unfiltered access to my television at an early age because I watched the Sci-Fi Channel a lot growing up. And uh, there were shows like Ghost Hunters, which I watched religiously growing up. There were shows like Finding Bigfoot. Uh, destination unknown where people would go out and they would look into these things and uh, a late friend of mine and george's as well uh started this channel with me back in 2020 i want to say the end of 2020 and we just started doing video essays we just started talking about specific topics and we didn't have you couldn't see our face but you could hear us and we would put images and videos over it and then uh eventually when i started working here i uh after he had passed away i kind of stopped doing it for a little bit Then I came back to doing it again because I was like, hey, I have all this opportunity here. Then I approached John, which has been on the show multiple times. And I said, hey, I would like to do a podcast companion to my my show. Let me just stop you right Mm -hmm. there. You had my son, John, on your show. Mm -hmm. And he believed that he saw ghosts and he saw... And he he believed in all that? He told us how he thought he saw Bigfoot when you guys went camping when he was younger. 
Did, has he not has he not relayed that to you, Tony? Are we gonna relay that to you here? He said when you guys went camping one time, he saw something in that, that was me. <laughs> he thought that was Bigfoot. <laughs> that was me coming out of the camper. He in the middle of the night, he saw that big heavy guy. He thought it was no, it was his father, man. <laughs> Confirmed. We got it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we we figured out the mystery of Bigfoot. Don't tell Tony. him. Let him think it was Bigfoot. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Actually, tell him it was Big Mouth. He'll know who that is. <laughs> so, uh, but so I, I approached John. And I was like, I would like a video or a podcast companion to this. And he goes, Well, hey, what if we rebrand it as Bizarre Junkies? Because it was used to be called the Truly Bizarre. That's what the show used to be called. It wasn't a podcast. It was just videos we would make. He, I love it. He yeah. So he said, "How about we rebrand it and we'll let you keep 100% creative control over everything that happens under it." And that was December of 2022. Wow. So the podcast has only been around. We just hit a year last month, and um, we have seen incredible improvement. And I think it's just because this is such a hot niche in the podcasting world, which is true crime. So I'm looking forward to this with you. First of all, I love you. I, I love you too, Tony. I appreciate you. And and your mom and your grandmother out there. And, they are watching and, right now. And grandma knows me because we both basically the same age. And so we were talking the same TV shows mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Okay. This is a show I've been dying to do with you because I've experienced everything that's in this show. Everything. And some people out there are going to think, Tony's weird, man, but I'm, it's okay. That's okay. I don't so think anybody so on this we'll show start, will call we'll you start, weird. We'll start with UFOs. Absolutely. Okay. So I lived in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. And I was uh, uh, 16 years old. And we moved in there. I had my first hit record, 1961. So I'm on the road. And the first thing I see, I'm in Philadelphia going to do American Bandstand, Dick Clark's show. And it was in South Philly. And we're in a convertible. It was summertime. And the guy who's driving is the representative of the record company, Columbia Records. And I look up and I see in formation a V of discs. And I say to the guy, pull over, man. P pull over a minute. What the heck? Uh, look at that. And he looks up and he goes, yeah, I see that. So they were really white perfectly beautiful in formation in a V flying over our head and all of a sudden they went zoom they were gone so I kept it to myself all these years right so now I get married I'm 20 to John's mom mm -hmm. I'm 21 years old and I've never told this story because I always figured, figured someone's doing thing he's, he's lost it now I'm going to tell it because your show is Bizarre Junkies, right? These things are real that you talk about. You have people on here, including my son, who saw Bigfoot. And I was Bigfoot, but that's okay. So I'm laying in my mother's bedroom on my stomach on Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, and I'm really tired, and I lay down. And all of a sudden, I felt, I felt like something was going by the window. And I looked. And I saw four creatures, little creatures, going across the window. Kind of like... Kind of in that motion. And they're walking in line. And I looked out, and in my mind, I said, Who are these creatures? 
but I was totally frozen on my bed. And the next thing I felt, <laughs> I've never told this, they're going to take me away. I felt as though a spirit literally conformed to where I was, the way I was laying. So knees first, this spirit came to me, knees first into my knees, then torso onto my back, then arms onto my arms, then head into my head. And I thought, that's my grandfather. I felt like my grandfather, who was an amazing musician and one of my idols growing up, you know, incredible guy, heavyweight champion of Panama, high school teacher, taught English in Puerto Rico, head of local 802 for Latin musicians in New York City. He was an amazing, eclectic guy. And I felt like his spirit, after those four guys went by, and... I get up, and my life changed. Everything changed. Within a, within a year and a half, I was already working for MGM publishing companies. Remember, I was 21 years old. I was there for one year, and I get a call from Clive Davis one year after that. And at 21, understand, I was the youngest oldie but goodie that ever lived because I had to see records when I was 16, 17 years old. So in essence, my career was done. By the time I hit Marion age of 21 to Elaine. So I then end up working for Clive Davis. I never saw high school. I'm only an eighth grader. I find myself ending up becoming vice president of CBS. I end up being a major executive at CBS Columbia Records under Clive Davis. I got hired as general manager of the music divisions of Columbia Records. I'm now representing a group called Blood, Sweat, and Tears, which was a major group back then, and then James Taylor, and then Laura Nero, which was an amazing hit writer at that time. And of course, I signed Barry Manilow. And I produced Barry Manilow's first records and get him signed to a record company. As I end my four years with them, I happened to back into making a record with Dawn. Why? I needed background singers for Barry's record. But I had backed in as a favor to a friend, and my favor became Candida Knock Three Times, but I didn't want to lose my job with. Clive. Now, from the moment this person, thing, object, whatever, found itself kneeling into my back of my knees, laying down into my chest, back, then finding its arms, that's what it felt like, this spirit or whatever, coming after these four little guys went by the window. There they were, these four little, little guys. Now, I'm vice president, not only of CBS, I have six million records sold. Six million. Candida, two million records. Knock three times, four million. Six million singles done in a year and a half. 
So the moment I felt the moment to the guy laying into my bed, into my back, who I thought was my grandfather's spirit, and who knows, I don't know, everything changed. Everything changed. I mean, all of a sudden, I'm on CBS. All of a sudden, I got 75 million singles sold. All of a sudden, I have three gold albums and two platinum albums. All of a sudden, I'm going around the world. I'm going to England. I'm going to, uh, you know, Asia. And as the number one group in the world, not in New Jersey, in the world, number one in Australia, number one in New Zealand, number one in Asia, number one in England. I worked for nine presidents from the moment the walk back my window. So from the moment I saw these four little guys going and the little and the B formation up, everything changed. So now what happens? I'm thinking, will I ever feel this person start to move out of my body? Or this thing? Or this imagination? I'm thinking, maybe the imagination has me thinking that my grandfather and I was pushing me, and I'm pushing myself. I'm trying to make it all like, uh, like uh, make sense. Now, Austin, I'm in this business 62 years. I'm 79 years old. I was 21 when this happened. And I never told this story in the press. I've never told this story on a show. I never felt like it was a cool thing to do just to protect my own sanity. And so I kept it to myself until now because I love you and respect you. And so here I am telling you this story. So now comes a moment in time when I felt the body leave. That guy that stepped in the night that I saw those four little guys walk go by. And things changed. I didn't have the hits. I didn't have the TV show. I went through a, a breakdown because my friend Freddie Prince passed away and I just couldn't take it. He was 22 years old when he died and I never saw anybody die and he died in front of me. Just a kid, a genius. I, only in show business for two years and there he's a legend now to this day. And so I'm waiting for the four little guys to go by my window again. So on occasion I look and I go, where are you guys? Are you guys out there? I'm waiting for the for the music to play. Here you go again, don't eat. Right? Here you go again. You're going to have another hit record. You're going to have everything back again. And then I realized that if that happened, those guys have to say the following words to me. Okay, buddy. Now it's on you. Now it's on you to make things happen and stop blaming us, some spirit that got into you. But basically, Tony, it was you. And you use that moment, whether it be real or not real, to your advantage. So I say on your show, that's a bizarre, to use your title, that's a bizarre story that I always was afraid to tell. But there's a sense of freedom now that I've told it. So I want to thank you for allowing me to tell my delicious story.
Well, I want to say thank you for telling us that because <laughs> you would, to help you feel a little bit better, you wouldn't even imagine how many other people have, have had the same story. Not even just on this show, but just in general. And I was telling David earlier, I'm I'm that guy now that people just come up to me and they're like, I got this ghost story for you. So I hear it all. But the amount of times I hear people say, like, I felt something come over me and then all of a sudden things started working out for me or I was successful. Really? Yeah, I've heard it more than just right here. I, like it would. Whew, that makes me feel better. <laughs> but I mean, but your story definitely is 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 fascinating because to th- like for you know most of these people it's like a you know oh I was down on my luck and then you know I, I had a vision from my mom or my dad and then things turned around and I got my life together. But for you it was like I had. You well, know, look I, at Paul McCartney. Okay. When Paul McCartney wrote "Let It Be," he had a vision of his mother who had passed away visit him. And she came in, and she came to him, and she said, Paul, let it be. Just let it be. She's speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. And he's told that story many times, that his mother appeared to him and gave him that song. Mother Mary came to me. His mother, his name was Mary. It wasn't Mother Mary, you know, the Blessed Virgin. It was mom. She spoke words of wisdom like, don't worry. Just let it be, Paul. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm not as, like, and you may, you may disown me for this, but I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I really wasn't really into them, so I never really knew that story. But I, I know the song, and that it, it, it makes the impact of that song much heavier because of, the potentiality of well, that they happening. are the most prolific songwriters in history. Yes, there there is nobody in our business who wrote that many songs in that short a period of time and became that big. How long were they a band for? Like six years? It was something small. Well, like they, they started a... in '63 and ended in the early '70s. So seven, eight years, almost ten. Okay, but still, to have the impact of decades later, they're still probably one of the number one played artists. But how long do most bands last? <sighs> Three, three, four years. Yeah, if they if they don't hold on to it too long, if it's look not at going the Stones, anymore. they've been my God, they've been going forever. Yeah, you know. we were we were talking about that because I uh, I I help with your radio show when you come in, and we did an episode with with Paul Stanley, which I believe that is that is that out now? Has that been yeah, released? that's been aired. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, and that was a crazy episode. But I know they just did their last tour, but they've also said multiple times this is our final tour, and the same thing with I think. My dad was telling me in like the 80s or the 90s that the Stones were like, all right, this is it. We're done. And look at them now. They, they were just well, I like- think what happened, Smokey Robinson did the same thing. And he told, we was on the show, my brother David and I. And he said to us that retirement wasn't for him. He retired at one time. Sinatra retired many times. That's where they all line, old blue eyes is back. That's where that came from. So I've protected myself. I have, I've changed my mind tour in the future if I, have to, if I have to go back on the road, you know, because I don't know what retirement is in store for me. Right. I, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to react really every day. And I have a plan. I, you know, David and I have the radio show. Um, I'm blessed with an incredibly um, creative brother. And I plan down, you know, we wrote a Broadway show together. And I've written some screenplays now. And I plan to write some. I, I even want to write a novel. I have an idea for a novel, but I but I just I just want to take my my writing strength or muscles, well, however I want to put it, and put it to use in this my retirement. So I'm not not doing anything. So I don't know if those guys who came back did anything else other than what they know. 
Remember, I've been doing this for 62 years. Yeah. All I've known all my life is walking on that stage, really. For four years, I worked for Clive, but for the rest of the time, you know, 58 or nine years, I've been walking on stages all my life. So there's a bittersweet, scary thing about it, you know? But I, I, what are you, so what are you you're telling me that that story is something common to you you've heard it i would say it's more common than you're you're thinking because because like so with the paranormal like i want to say almost everybody has some sort of paranormal except for george george didn't experience anything when we went on our our ghost hunt because george is a paranormal that's why whoa 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 (laughs) don't expose the secrets tony only so many secrets in the first 20 minutes of the show size of him yeah he was a d1 athlete like i have to we wrestled on the same team in high school we were you wrestled him no 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 he was much heavier than i was i mean it's actually the opposite now but uh, no, I, uh, I was in a much lighter weight class than him. Uh, in high- we'd nowadays, know. nowadays we'd be going at each other. Yeah, nowadays we'd like, be in the same. Like some Rams. Just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so George and I have known each other since sixth grade. We sat across from each other in our science class. And uh, I remember we were joking. And who would have thought we'd be here now taking over the podcast world? Does George get on camera? He he can. I yeah. can. Yes. Yes. George, let everybody see a minute. Let me. I turn mean, me this on. show definitely knows who George. Actually, he. We just had an episode come out with now him George, last week. Now George. The yeah. truth of the matter is, when they see you, they will realize what I'm about to say. <laughs> well, the Bizarre Junkies fans are no are no stranger to George. They've definitely okay, seen him. George, I know who you are, man. <laughs> He's Yoel Romero, the UFC fighter. He is Bigfoot. <laughs> He's. We have made that joke before. <laughs> We've made that joke before, where he was like, "George, just walk through the walk through the woods, and we, people would be surprised because you know they wouldn't know any better." <laughs> Uh, and I remember, so George, you know, George being a, arguably my best friend, uh, on the ghost hunt was warning me. He was like, because we were testing out the, we got these night vision cameras so we could see in the dark. Uh, and George was like, you better not put me alone with you because you're going to be asking questions. I'm going to be laughing the entire time. He's going to laugh at me. You know, when we've known each other over a decade now, like he was, he was, he was like, I can't, I can't in good conscience be alone. With, there he is. Look at him. Look at him. He's so big. The Oh, my God. The shirt's... Oh, my God. We found him, ladies and gentlemen. Bigfoot is right All there. All right. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. George. 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 Put, first of all, George. Wait a second. Put your pants on. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let me... <laughs> stand stand right. up a minute. Stand the pants up. are on. Stand up a minute. I want to see this man. Look at this man. You know, you know Take, something? You're not supposed to leave your sweater on. You George. know what I just realized, George? I just realized something about you. You're born like that. Yeah, you should see his brother. His brother just just transferred to My, Arkansas. Uh, for... I come. I came from a farm family. That's not a guy working out in the gym like that. That's he's born like that, man. That's like Cuban genes, man. <laughs> Cubano. Si, señor. No me diga Cubano. Si, Cubano. Yo soy, yo soy Puerto Rican, yo sabe. Yeah, si, yo, yo, yo sabe. Si, yo soy yeah. Greek Rican. Ay, por Dios. <laughs> si, half Greek, half Puerto Rican. That's uh. That's God's recipe for a perfect human. <laughs> and then, a are, perfect are, are, union. <laughs> but are you the, according to Tony, are you the follow-up? Are you the, the very close runner-up then? Uh, the follow-up? Well, I mean, because you're saying that's God's perfect recipe. Oh, no, 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 no. That's God's perfect recipe. This is God's second favorite recipe. Just leave it there. Okay. All right. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. That's, but, uh, that's don't even go. Just leave it yeah. there. That's he, a let him dream. Let him dream. <laughs> Let him keep dreaming, Georgie. Keep dreaming. <laughs> but to, Austin, yeah. no, check this out. Okay. okay George, check. Now, my brother David is here. Yes, he is. So he'll tell you this is true. My, so my mother, Ruth, 
was a, an amateur um, novelist. She loved to write books, none of which was ever published, but I didn't know that until after she died. I knew she told me she liked to write books, but I found the books. Oh. So now I'm looking at these books this thick, all on typewriter, you know, an old-fashioned typewriter. So you imagine the hours she spent. And there was one book called Flower, and it was about a dog named Flower. Now, my daughter Jenny never knew that the book existed until after she bought a dog and named the dog Flower. Oh, no way. Okay. So, now, she named the dog Flower based on the skunk in the, in the Bambi. Bambi, yes. Okay. So she names it because the dog is black and white skunk colors. She still doesn't know anything, and neither do I, about this book called Flower. So we're cleaning out the closets, and we come across this book. And on the front, because it's Flower by Ruth Schroeder. When my mother remarried, that was her last name. So we open up the first page, and the first two lines say, this is a book about an amazing dog named Flower. Most people who met, meet Flower are overwhelmed by her human abilities. Okay. So now Flower's in the house, and Jenny forgets the book. Forget, I forget the book. Oh, isn't it interesting that Ruthie, my grandmother, wrote this book about a dog named Flower. <laughs> isn't that something? Yeah. Well, Jenny takes Flower and puts the dog like where this microphone is, like this. Now, I'm going to say this is Flower's head, okay? She's never met you. She's never met George, okay? And she doesn't realize that David is sitting right where he's sitting, the one by that wall, right? My brother. She goes, Flower, where is Austin? Flower, where is George right now? Flower, where is Dad's brother, David. Flower. Where is heaven? Flower. Where is hell? Now, the first time Flower did that, it was all like, wow, is that a coincidence? I mean, how could she know Austin? Wait a minute, how could she know? Right? Second time. Now, I'm going to give you the tape. I'm going to give you the tape. You are going to present Flower to the world on your podcast. And I'm going to show you how she did this when I send you the tape. It's going to blow your mind. So now I say, let's pick things that she could not know. Like my mother's husband was a Navy guy. And since I'm a little boy, he always owned, Louis Schroeder owned a barometer. I've seen that barometer on the wall since I could see. I mean, they got married when I was five, okay? 
Flower, where is that picture of Louie? She goes to the picture. Flower, where is Louie's barometer? She goes to the wall. Now, I don't know who to go to to try to explain how a dog can know where heaven is and our interpretation of heaven is up and then give you hell by looking all the way down, by then discovering a barometer. How could she know the word barometer? Impossible. So I see you shaking your head like now you're going off to you're going into the crazy world. No, I'm about to yes, validate you, you again, Tony. No, I see you going. I could tell. No, I <laughs> Tony, could tell. Tony, you can't tell no, me I'm going No, I could there. tell by the look on your eye. You think that I'm bizarrely crazy. I'm going to send you the tape, and you are going to present that tape on this incredible podcast that you have, and you're going to show the world that flower is indeed like the first two sentences of my mother's novel, a dog that is exceptional, and by most cases, by other humans, is considered like, wow, this is a human being here. Now, third day, we got the baseball game on. Go cards, by the way. Go Cardinals. Sorry, I just had to. Okay, go Cardinals. So I'm, 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 I'm going <laughs> go Yankees. So, so here's Flower, and there's my TV up there. And I say, not Jenny, I say, Flower, where is Papa Tony's? Where's Papa's, oh no, Pappy, she goes, where is Pappy's baseball game? She goes to the TV. This is her head. Flower? Where, ready? Where does Pappy's plane land? And she goes, like on the ground. Okay, Pappy, where do planes go? the sky. I do not understand it. I'm being repetitive here because every time I relive this moment with Flower, it even beats my story. So I'm thinking, did the little guys meet her in her vet one night and find themselves inside of her and they're still hanging around? Because it's too crazy that my mother writes a book 20 years before we ever get a dog named Flower, we get a dog, we call it Flower, and it does exactly what the book says she's going to do. You ready for this, Tony? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm about to, I'm not, I host Bizarre Junkies. You, you can't scare me here, okay? I've, here's what I have heard a lot of, and a lot of people have, have said this, and I, I kind of see this with uh, my dog who passed away recently. A lot of people think that, like, let's say, for example, uh, this woman is pregnant. She has her mom she's very close with. Her mom passes away when when the her daughter's like eight months pregnant. When the baby is born, all of a sudden the baby starts exhibiting traits like the mom, the grandma, in this case. That's I've heard that time more often than I've heard the first story of stuff like that. Um, I don't think I've ever told my mom, because this is my mom's dog, but she's listening in the other room. I think we've talked about it before, but so... Uh, I By had the a, way, your mom and your grandmother, and uh, they're... Fabulous. They are. I, I appreciate you telling oh, me that, Tony. Oh, God, they're just great. Yeah. They are. They are. And, and, you, and, and you're going to be embarrassed by this, but I no. mean, I'm 79, so I'm going to talk like Grandma does. You're a tribute to them. Just want you to know that. I They raised me, so I, you know, yeah. it, it shows. Yeah. But so, 
Uh, my my dog passed away. I actually, thankfully, wasn't home for this. I was actually here when it happened. I think this was, George, maybe you remember. I think it was 2022, late 2022. Yeah. Yep. My dog passed away. He was older. I got him when I was 16. Um, he just collapses in the hallway. Just collapsed. Just dead. Uh, we get My mom gets a new dog this time, I think, last year. And the new dog comes home, acts almost identical to my dog. Totally oh different boy. dog. Oh, boy. But acts just like my dog. So the fact that you're saying that. So what do you think just happened? Uh, it could be your so your mom. Fran, it, well, Franny. Mm-hmm. had You met Rosie, uh, the little dog. Franny would come I think on so. the road all the time. Little Maltese. Mm-hmm. She was already up 13 years old. So like 12, 13 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went everywhere with us. Flew everywhere with us on the road. Everywhere. If Franny's going to uh, the store to buy, it's just a little carriage, like a little baby, and takes her out. Dog dies. Franny is a mess. Franny is a total, total, still, still. This is recent. So I say, Fran, look, we have to get it on the for you. I can't, I can't get the dog. There's only one Rosie. There's only one Rosie. I said, Fran, I'm telling you, we got it's going to be good for healing. Could you know what? Let's ask your breeder to find a dog that looks exactly like her. Well, we find a dog, Choo Choo Annie, summer name, Choo Choo Annie. So Choo Choo is an ex- Italian expression. You know, you're a Choo Choo. It's not Choo Choo. Could be cute Choo. You know, Choo Choo Annie. Okay, Choo Choo Annie comes to us. So help me God, just like you said. The dog not only looks like Rosie, but every single thing that that dog does, I mean, things that only Rosie did, is doing. So we look at each other, we go, we got Flower in that room, and we got Rosie in this room, and Flower is, I don't know, is that mom's spirit? I don't know what's going on there. In fact, I've even had a talk with with, uh, Flower. Go like this, Flower. Are you mom? Come on, let me tell you. <laughs> you can tell I, me. And I catch myself going, are you mom? You know, because those, those that very thing that happened to you happened to Franny with, you know, Chuchani. Rosie was like almost like reincarnated kind of, you know. Yeah. And like you say, every single little thing. It's not that every dog did what Rosie did. I'm sure with your dog, mm-hmm. that was a solo flight for her or him. Yep. Same thing with us. So this, this show that you have, I think the reason it's a hit is because we all have kept these secrets way down deep in our gut. Yes. We're so afraid of being told, you got problems, buddy, right, George? Right? Yep, yep. But, well, he know, does have problems, but yes. So what, hap- yeah, <laughs> what happens is it's a healing problem. Uh, thing a tool for people because they go oh my god Tony's doing the same thing that went through like you with the dog oh my god Austin went through it too it is it is so commonplace this unknown world that we're talking about this bizarre place that your podcast is about that when you do talk about it freely it's a relief yeah, it's a weight off your shoulders. It's a weight off your shoulders, yeah. And I think, George, literally last night, I got, I got a me- So I get messages from people all the time now, um, both that I know and that I don't know. I got a message from a guy on Facebook. He's like, 
kind of creepy. He goes, hey, man, I got CCTV footage of a, of a ghost. You want to see it? And I'm like, oh, this dude's definitely going to send me a picture of his wiener. Like, for sure, he's going to send me that. But I get these all the time now. But people, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm that guy now. That whether I want to be or not, because I have this platform, people are going to come to me and tell me their stories. But I, I want to relish in it because it's like, yeah, that's the whole point of the show is to explore this crazy, bizarre world we have. And, and yeah, it's, um, look, I don't know if you saw recently all of the congressional hearings on UFOs. We literally live streamed it in this room. George, John and I. John was on that, actually. John, we watched it. My son, John. Yeah, and watched it. Yeah, because, because you go, no, wait a minute. All of a sudden now, it's no more science fiction. It's science reality. These guys are coming out of the woodwork that have worked in the government and going, no more. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I don't care what you think of me or what you... I'm telling you it exists. And I'm telling you there are aliens that we have found. And, and I realized why that might be a very tough thing for anybody to try and admit. It might now overlap religious beliefs it might go into areas that's not good seriously because there are people going wait a minute is that biblical hold a second is that is that is that what is that that's that was all is is god visited there like he visited us and you know is is the buddha is the buddha the same is that, that all of our religious beliefs are now going to be put into some sort of a box in question if the planet is so many light years away from us that that, you know, flying object came to us. So I could see why, hey, we don't want pandemonium. We don't want the world to be shook to yeah. the bone. We don't want to frighten people, not in a way that the alien. You know, I remember... Writing a book, I never told you this, David, and my brother David sitting right there. I never told you this, but I wrote a book when I was just a kid, a little short story. And it was inspired by my sister Rhonda. My sister Rhonda had an IQ of an eight-month-old baby until she died at 21. So I thought, wouldn't it be interesting? And then I was uh, chairman along... I followed Barbara Streisand in as national uh, chairman of the National Association of Retarded Citizens. And retarded was the word used then, right. N-A-R-C. And so I would make my visits to these places to meet those young people. And you could be 50 and have this problem. My sister, though, my sister was very badly brain damaged. And we had her until she was 21 years old in the house. Took care of her. She would fed her strained baby food, et cetera. And I thought one day, what if we were invaded by another planet? This is my little short story as a teenager. What if we were invaded? And the name of my book was IQ, based on my sister's eight-month-old IQ. And those young people who had severe brain damage and so the president doesn't know what to do, and he calls in the army, like you always see in the science fiction movies, and out come the tanks, and out come the, the jets, and the jets are flying, and they're going to come to protect. And the president goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If they can come that many light years across the universe to visit us, they're way advanced 
intellectually than we are, which makes us and our IQ like those people who then had some really severe brain damage and in those days called them retarded citizens. Who, by the way, if you've ever been with them, the kindest, sweetest, lovingest, all they want to do is hug and love and kiss and music and peace, and it's real. It's not just talking about peace and talking about music. It's real. They love it. They do. And they are kind. And the president of the United States says in my little story, we need to seek the advice of those who have a lesser IQ than us. Because that's who we are to the aliens. Our IQ compared to them is what their IQ is compared to us. How have they been able to deal with us is how we're going to deal with the aliens. So the aliens, so the, so the, the, the end of the story is we all get along because the president calls in those people with an IQ of, let's say, a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old. And they come marching in and they meet these people from outer space whose intelligence is beyond belief. They can fly light years into different planets. And they prevent the war by just loving these people, by just embracing them, by just showing the peaceful side of themselves, by sharing something that that alien never heard, music. They play him Tchaikovsky. They play him symphonies. They play him Tony Orlando. No, yeah, well, no, no, no. <laughs> and they're playing this music, and they mesh, and peace comes among the planets. That's my little short story based on my sister Rhonda. And so I had this, so now to go back to the little guys that passed my window, I'm thinking, is that because I wrote this little short story? Was that my way of actually bringing to life, you know, these little guys from another planet that my sister made friends with? That's a that's a tremendous story. Um, yeah, no, we got to write it now. Yeah, we got. Yeah, this like, is what you're doing first this. thing out of retirement is we're getting that we're getting that book out. Uh, we're getting my, a, my brother. Uh, my brother David has already started that. He knows the story. We're getting a like, nine part series on Netflix. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it up. But uh, can I tell you my theory with the whole alien things? Because if you look, so obviously if you look at history, we've we've there's been sightings going back hundreds of years. But if you really look at the United States. All of the UFO sightings and alien sightings go up in the 40s. What mm. were we doing in the 40s? The Manhattan Project. We're using nuclear arms. So they're worried about that. Yes. So what I, and this is not a theory I came up with on my own, but it's one that I believe in, is that when we made that and we started testing them, it sent something that we may not be uh, sensitive to yet out into the universe, and it pinged them, and they saw it. So then now they came here, and they're monitoring us. That's why occasionally they get a little too close. They get seen or they do these abductions. They're going, going, uh uh-oh. Yeah, they're going, So you know what? Have you ever watched um, on Instagram those shots of Mars? Mm Mm-hmm. And they they pan and they find something and they zoom in on it? Yep. And you see things like, wait a minute. That's a piece of metal. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. That's an animal head. Well, did you see recently they NASA uh, just, and maybe George can find it, but NASA, like in the last few weeks, saw what they believe to be lights on a planet, like how you can see ours from space. 
they said that they think that they saw that on another planet distant. But like a light, like as if they're looking at like the United States. So here's what went through my mind. If anybody out there watching this podcast can go to your Instagram and see these uh, cameras that from the, you know, that equipment they have up yeah, there. Yeah, the space Mars. telescopes. Yeah, yeah. No, not the telescope. The, the, the thing yeah, the satellites. On, no, the thing that's actually rolling around. Oh, the rovers. The rovers. Okay. And they, they pan, they pan, they find something, they zero in on it. Boom, they, and they write it down. I said to myself, you know what? A lot of these rocks and things, they look like petrified animals, like, like petrified forests. Like something dramatic happened. Yeah, on Mars they said that they can see what looks to be remnants of rivers and water sources. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I saw these like heads that look like dinosaur heads or animal heads, but they're rock. So I know that I have a frog in my house that died that is petrified in a Thing that I've never, I've Do never. We have ours, George? Is, is I've never taken him away him? because he's been there, and he's just, he's petrified. He's just like there he is. We have a we have a, a frog here that's taxidermied. Okay, so I got and, yeah, yeah. But 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 did you do something to make it taxidermy? Oh, well, it was Chase. Chase brought it in, but it has, it's it's holding maracas and has. It's not some taxidermied, oh, it's, it's, Austin. It's, it's, oh. What is it then, George? It's wooden. No, that's real, dude. That's a real frog. Austin, I don't know if you're trying to be funny or not right no, now. No, mine's real. Seems is like that we're not a, a real? No, my frog's real. That is definitely a real frog, George. Austin is talking about a wooden frog it's right now. It's not wood. No, listen. I'll find it. Okay, I'll I'm tell you. I'm leaving it on the watch. Georgie, <laughs> Georgie Porgy, I'm going to send you my frog, and it's real. Go find this frog. Go I swear to God, this yeah. frog is real. Okay, I, so <laughs> check this out. So I'm thinking, I'm watching Instagram, right, David, and I'm seeing... Austin, what looks like a, you know, I thought, you know what? What if there was a nuclear war on Mars at one time? And what if whatever's left there is underground? Mm -hmm. You know, like Hamas. Yep. You look at Hamas in, in Gaza, they've got miles and miles and miles and miles of tunnels. What would stop? Creatures in Mars before it became a nuclear war, and now they're sitting there going, no, we shipped our people to that planet Earth, and they're doing it again? They're going to do it again? They haven't learned their lesson the first time? Look at what we became on Mars, just a desert with red dirt, and we're all underground? And... They're going to do it again. Oh, no, they're not going to do it again. We're going to make sure we watch these people. Because yeah. you know what? Those are our relatives down there. I'm just saying, as crazy as it is, when I look at that red planet, it looks like it's been through hell. Yeah. No, me. quite literally. Right? You yeah. agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So this show is great. And the reason it's great is because it allowed me to vent my insanity. It <laughs> And you know what? You know what you just did is you found a whole community that doesn't think you're insane at all. Oh my God, I can breathe finally. <laughs> no, no, no frog, no, no dice. No. George, I, that is a real frog. George, I, have been, I have taken. George, slack the only for that thing frog. that's made of wood is you know what? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah, so we have a frog like that. But so, um, so Tony, I want to bring up a story that John told on the show, and you must have been there for this because he was living with you at the time. Okay. He told us, and I think George was engineering this one. So he was talking about you guys had this house in L.A. you were living at. And mm -hmm. it was I think it was two-story. And you mm -hmm. had wooden chairs on a wooden floor. Mm -hmm. 
he said that it sounded like somebody had broken in and all the chairs were being thrown around and being dragged. And then they, I think it was him and his mom came down and looked and all the chairs were up on the table. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Okay. Do you, like maybe you have a better recollection of no, that. I remember that being a, a shocker. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember that. As a oh, it's right there. Okay. Sorry. We have the frog. He's right. This is, this is, has to be a real frog. Maybe he is what I think his leg snapped, George. I think he t- snapped his leg in the toss. It could be. We call him the Wealth Pepe because he has a it fake $100 bill on him. I tell you what they did. Him. They took the frog. See, my frog is like this dead. Yeah. Hard like this. But if I shellacked it and made it, it would look like this. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll put up a poll. Yeah, I okay, so on every on every show we can I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna George, I'm gonna shut your mouth. I'm gonna send you. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not gonna send it to John. I'm not gonna send it to Austin. I'm not gonna send it to Sticky Paws. I'm staying it to you. And now Express when you delivery. open that box, I'm gonna tell you right now, when you open that box hang on a second. <laughs> You've done it now, George. Oh no. Tony, I didn't mean to upset you like this. I'm just, I don't think this it's is very George. upsetting that you think I would lie about my dead frog. I'm not. I'm saying that frog is wooden. I don't care what you're saying. My That's, dog. This is my not frog, a wooden frog. My this frog is, is real. So if you my frog is real, who is to say that the I mean the maracas are not the real maracas? But this frog definitely lived at one point. You could not create a frog that close to a frog made by God. No way. Take a look at it. You cannot create that face unless you're a genius artist. Then that guy is not a genius artist because I know him who owns this frog. <laughs> well, I mean, so the guy, That's great. this is Chase's, but he brought it in. I, I could have sworn he told me too, like, yeah, we Just got that, like, at a taxi shop. I'm going to call like a- my daughter. Hang on. I'm going to call my daughter. Really? Yeah, this is fro- so David just said that this frog spent two years as Santana's percussionist. Oh, that was that's his past hilarious. Life. <laughs> Who do we have on the line? My daughter, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Hello? Jenny, I'm doing yeah. a podcast with Austin right now at Sticky Boss. Uh-huh. I want you to confirm something for me. Do we or okay. do we not have a petrified dead frog in our house for years? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> your dad, your dad doesn't believe me that we have a... Same as it did the day that he found it. You found it? Like... <laughs> tell, tell them what the name he's of in the... A hair, he's in an old hairspray cap. Um, and he just sits there. Yeah. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Yeah, the frog. Uh, what's his? What's the frog? The petrified frog's name in the bathroom. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What did we name that frog? Fr- Franny. What? Uh, is Franny there? Yeah, she's my wife. She doesn't remember his name. Franny, either. Franny, Franny, Franny. Where is that frog right now? Hang on, hang on. Uh, ask her out loud. Franny, where is that dead frog right now? He's in our bathroom on the shelf in the in the little box. In the right. And the hairspray cap. Right. And how long ago did that frog die? 15, 20 years ago. Okay. And does that frog look like it's deteriorated by death or is it exactly no, the way it, it, it looks like a 
Okay. Damn. All right. All right. So that might be real. Okay. So I am going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put this frog to use. We are going to send the frog to Austin's show, and he's going to open up and with a, with a fanfare with a, with a timpro. We're going to open up its I, I coffin. Know how this frog? How did this come about? I'll tell you later. Uh, we but have we, our own. I'll tell you later. But we are going to open the frog up to a drum roll. And then we're going to open up and we're going to show the world at Sticky Paws that I know his name. What is it? Smell or anything? Jonas. No, Jonas is the one out front. But that's who we named the one outside for. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. Jonas. Were the Jonas Brothers around then? I think that was the first Jonas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were around. Yeah. Okay, so we named it after Nick Jonas. Because <laughs> Jenny, Jenny was in love with Nick Jonas when she was little. Yeah. Who wasn't? We all were. And he's hard as a rock. Yep. Yep, I love the Jonas Brothers. Why didn't you tell me this before I went and met him in 2022 when I filmed him with Kevin? I would have brought this up to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know if he knows about the frog, but yeah. <laughs> definitely knows, but, yeah. So Kevin, Kevin Sr. watches this show. He's going to know now. Kevin. Oh, oh, he's gonna he's always I mean he's definitely always gonna know, so that's okay. Not only do we have a live frog dead in the box in my house <laughs> from all these years, and none of us wanna take the box out and do anything. There's also there's also a giant like one that's a giant frog lawn frog like outside that's also named jonas i mean he's like a little dressed as like a little server and, and what and what are we about to do to the jonas one that's outside front that's named nick jonas what are we about to do to it he's being spray painted gold because he looks a little weathered so. there you go so we're taking care of jonas the frog outside yeah. but jonas in the box in his coffin will be delivered coffin. to sticky paws that's going to be his destiny we'll do it but if box you ever hurt Jonas, no. if you lose Jonas George, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> oh, no. no, Jonas has been around. He's a staple. He's an icon. He'll never, he'll never he go will, away. He will oh. be on the set every show we do from okay. when we get him. Okay, I am <laughs> Franny. Franny. Yes. Would Franny. you please yeah. call Joe Hat and ask Joe Hat to overnight <laughs> Jonas to me? Frog. I don't know if we know. What if no. they lose him in the mail? No, no, no. They won't lose him in the mail. Put him in a box. Put the box in a box. <laughs> and bubble wrap it okay. each layer. He has a new home, I guess. No, no. It's, no, it's not a new home. We're going to keep him in Vegas because the Jonas Brothers work here. So we're going to keep him star. in Vegas. They have Agreed. A, he should be. He okay, should be. Okay, so send him and, and we're, gonna, we're going to give it to Austin, who's going to show it to Big unbeliever George over here and we're going to show him Jonas comes out of the box as we play as we play jealous when we play jealous we will that's right we will open it up as Nick is getting jealous to that okay thank you girls I love you both goodbye I love you wow what a all right so we got a new friend coming but so okay so back to this frog though I got no, a, That's real now, bro. Yeah. That's 100% real. So, uh, I'm, I'm sold. That's a real frog. Now, We're you know, have... I didn't... I didn't you saw, we saw it came out right away. Yeah, we have a real frog that's dead in that box. You heard Jenny. That's crazy. <laughs> and you heard Franny. George, you got to do it with one of your turtles now. No. Yeah, when they pass on. And Maybe. Jo and George, you 
I'm going to have to be the one to open it on camera. <laughs> yes. As I'm singing Jealous. jealous. As I, but you have to be topless to. like Nick was in the music video. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Still get jealous. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you okay. go. George is not a singer. I'm the I'm the musician in the studio. But yeah, that's true. But wow, what a that's okay. So we we now know this frog is is legitimate. Definitely legit. All right, George. I think you owe me an apology. No, I'm sorry to the community of bizarre junkies. <laughs> I'm mainly sorry to Tony. Like I did not want to. I, I Tony, you I I upset you. He, he ran no, receipts on that's... you. No, 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 no. You didn't upset me at all, George. I love you. No, no, no. Okay, I just want to make sure. I'm just trying to educate you. Yes. That there really is a dead frog in my home that we <laughs> revere. <laughs> Does he, do you the bring him love, out like for like Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner? Is he at the table too? Like do you? I don't want to tell you how far it goes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go there, right? But I can tell you, we have like no. I'm not going to go there. No. Okay, okay. So before we before we end the show off, I want to because I, I know you haven't seen it yet. At least I don't think you've seen it. The ghost hunt video we did, but I want because. You seem much more inclined in this. And I, George is still on the fence. I was hoping when we did it that George would be a believer. I experienced it. We definitely caught stuff. We have stuff documented in the episode or in the show of uh, yeah, we used a spirit box, which is um, radio frequency sweeping, where it said that paranormal uh, beings can talk to you through it. Now, when we were there, the owner was with us. His name is Steven. One of the times he comes up to the booth, it goes, hi, Steven. It's not just a random word. It goes, hi, Steven. For anybody not watching, pause right here, go watch it. But uh, a few months before we had gotten there, because um, it's a small town, it's in Good Springs, it's about 30 minutes from here, uh, they had an employee pass away. Um, he was a, an older gentleman named Flynn. They had his stuff shrined in the dining room. Well, on the spirit box, it was telling Stephen things that Flynn would say. You don't, we're, we don't, we're not programming it, we're not telling it what to say. Uh, one of the things it did is it called him an asshole, which he ha he owns a company called the Asshole Association, which is like his management company. Called him an asshole. He goes, he asks it, and this is all on, on camera too. He goes, am I the head of the Asshole Association? And it says, basically. <laughs> then it's it, then it says, fuck you. And that's something he would say as a term of endearment to people. So in the the episode or the the show ends with him revealing to me, because we didn't think about it in that moment, but when we were packing up, getting all the uh, equipment packed up. He shows me the menu. He goes, hey, we actually have a fuck you Flynn shot on the menu. <laughs> and that's something he would say. And I think we were just communicating with him. <clears throat> that was huge for me. And George was there filming it. And I, I totally understand how you can be a skeptic because we did debunk stuff while we were there. We were 100% yeah. like, because I was a skeptic through and through as well. Like if, until I could experience it, I didn't believe it. But we legitimately experienced things. Travis was the, there. George the was there. The spirit box was very interesting because, you know, they, they were very directed comments. There was points in time where it would go silent, too. I, it's not that I'm still a skeptic. What I was hoping for, Tony, was for something to grab me or something to get thrown across the room. Like, that would have been like, well, I would have been something like, did. oh, God. Something like did. That's what started it. We, uh, I'll show you the video right after this. But when we were starting, we start, so we, we, we get there, we do our interviews, we set up, we, we interview like the bartender, we interview the owner, we interview Brian Hopkins. He was there with us because he, he's a paranormal sensitive. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started getting activity then. We do a lights on tour. We go through the entire restaurant. There's nobody there. It's just the owner and then our crew. We're then sitting in the main room. We're sitting at the poker table where there was somebody shot back in the early 1900s. 
There's bullet holes in the wall right behind him. We are sitting there, and we beforehand when we when we do the lights on tour, I go to sit in the chair, and it, I can feel something resisting. Like I, it took me a second to to pull the chair out, and I thought because it is an old, over a hundred years old, the flooring is legit wood flooring. So if you're not careful, you could trip or roll your ankle. So I thought it was getting caught on the wood flooring, but it wasn't. I sit down, and we even we even show this in the episode. I tell Steven, because he's telling me, I'm like, uh, like, if I could pause real quick, I am, like, feeling an energy. sitting here, And he goes, no, I'm feeling the exact same thing, too. So that was, that was, we haven't even really started the investigation. We come back to that 30 minutes later. We're now sitting there, lights off. George has a camera. Travis has a camera. They're the only ones who can see in the dark. We're going, the energy is gone. We're, like, I'm not feeling the same thing. All of a sudden, we start hearing... I thought I heard footsteps in the back, like service hallway. And I ask, is somebody in the back right now? And you hear, and it's on video, you hear something fall. So to much, much to George's uh, theory, I mean, I guess, yeah, yes. you wanted to see something fly in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- this is for me personally. Like, I, I didn't necessarily have like an energy type feeling that over consumed my, my body and like made me like, feed into it i was open-minded i wasn't going in there like oh nothing's gonna happen but like truthfully i wasn't like i said i, I wanted to be yanked like i wanted somebody to like pull my shirt and i would but be it's like, not a demonic energy there Whoa. though yeah i know it's not like the goldfield hotel which people want me to go to where the ghost adventures crew every time they go they say we see stuff levitating and they've had a brick can I, across I, room. I know this is done uh, um um have you ever, have you ever been in bed I'm going to ask all three of you, David, George, Austin, and felt like somebody grabbed your ankles and pulled it down. Have you ever felt that? No, but I've heard I've heard people talk. We've seen video of it happening, too, of people just being in bed and then them sliding down the bed. I, I have felt like somebody's grabbed both my ankles and pulled me down. I go, whoa. I, I swear. No, I'm, I'm, we're not saying you're not you're not validated here. That's but, you know, but, you know, you guys should do a – forgive me for saying you should do your hit. But it'd be nice if you did a podcast like this at those places. Potentially, maybe that's something we do because like that's the whole point of like the ghost hunt. There's behind. a place called the Crescent Hotel, Dave. Right in where is it at? In, in, in Eureka Springs. Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It is listed, I think, in the top three most haunted places in all of the world. Wow. Right. Yep. And it's been on those paranoia. Oh, yeah, no, all of them. All of them. Yeah. And if you go there. Uh, David has been there, slept there, and he's experienced stuff. And uh, Jenny and my wife Franny, we we went and one we went just to see what it was like, you know. And I said, "Man, it's in the summer. Look at that guy with that long coat on and that attaché case and that bowler hat. That's weird, man." And all of a sudden, he's gone. So we walk into the hotel, and Jenny says to the guy in the gift shop. Man, we just saw a guy standing outside. He goes, was he wearing a bowler hat? And Jenny goes, yeah. Was he wearing a, an overcoat? Oh, we see him all the time. That's Dr. So-and-so who, was the, who turned the second floor into a brain. He was not a brain surgeon, but he did experiments on like, people. Like lobotomies and stuff Lobotomies like and stuff. And he has... There, Dr. Whatever his name is, Dr. Death or whatever his name is. And we definitely saw that guy. Now, I said to Jenny, maybe this guy, maybe there's a trap door. And they have this guy just to make people come and then he 
falls down at the trap door in it like a like a you know Chris Angel show, and you boom, he's gone. But they told me at the hotel, Tony, honestly, I swear to you. So Wayne Newton and his wife Kat decide to go check in to the Crescent Hotel when he had his theater in Branson. And I understand he ran out of there as fast as he could. It was that 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 overwhelming. So if you ever get Wayne on the show, you ask him about the Crescent Hotel and Kat, his wife, both there, and they, they, they couldn't wait to get out of there. And, yeah. they, and it's the second floor. If you get the room on the second floor. So I'm thinking, Bizarre Junkies goes to the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas, and they rent the second floor hotel, the second room on that floor, and you do your podcast at 3 in the morning. That's, that's actually, George, that's an idea um, right there. I'm in. Let's do it. Well, I think we start Pioneer, so it's closer, but like we, yeah, 100%. And I'll tell you what, David and I will come down because it's right near, it's a drive from our house. Yeah, we'll in, get in you guys Branson, on there. And we'll come down and we'll watch and we'll see what goes on. What a city in Arkansas again? His brother just moved there. Eureka Spring. My brother just uh, committed to University of Arkansas, so he's in Fayetteville. Fayetteville's not far. Fayetteville's on the other side. So there we go. We go there. We bring your brother. We title it D1 Athlete Gets Scared at haunted hotel now your brother is actually closer to the crescent hotel than we are because he goes across the state going east on the highway and he's right there ask your brother to oh, go super close super close see yeah. ask him to go check out the crescent hotel is your brother about that life no 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 but we'll do it for him like he's yeah no no he's i think he'll, content. he'll do it if we go yeah absolutely and i think because i know george wants to plan a trip for us to go down there did you take brother, a look but... and see how far it was yeah, George, what was the... Let me give you an exact... From your brother's university to the Crescent. How far is that? Hour and three minutes. Oh, it's like driving to Pahrump. Yeah. Dude. All right, we're doing this. We're doing it. We're, we'll just stay with your brother. We'll, we'll load That's up. That's crazy, because we literally had been talking and about you can, planning and our trip to Arkansas. And you can land into Fayetteville. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. His brother has a house out there, so we could stay with him and then drive up there. You got to go, because that is the most famous haunted... A uh, hotel in the world, not the country in the world. Am I right? You see it? Yeah, it's got to be up there because I know there's like the look Waverly it up. Hills look Sanatorium up the Crescent Hotel. Look it up, Georgie. What's this? Say there was a, like the, the basement used to be a morgue. So basement that was a morgue. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But okay. But the second floor was where all the operations to the, the yeah yeah and and so here's a th 1886. So while George is pulling that up, um, I want to so at there the, it is. There's the Crescent. That 1886. That's it. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, George, man. one of us is not coming back from there. I hope. David, can you see that? <laughs> so is that the scariest looking building? So, Look at that. Tony, let me tell you a theory that I have that I adopted from Jay from Ghost Adventures. And that is the reason why, because I always ask this question, why do we have so many ghosts from back in olden times and not so many of today? How do you know that? True, but there are people that die in this day and age all the time. But if you think about it, residual hauntings, which means it's a loop, is always of like a castle guard or a plantation owner or a slave on the plantation. The The theory that I have adopted um, that Jay told me on the show is that people died more violently back then. Nowadays, more people are dying in their sleep or they're dying in medically induced comas. We have energy in us. Whether you're religious or not, we have energy in us. It, it, you can prove it with electromagnetic fields and stuff like that. Let's let's say, God forbid, somebody came in here and murdered everybody in this room violently. There would be such a release of energy, and the energy would coat this room. wouldn't be visible, 
but the energy is in this room. That's why a lot of these dark places in history have such immense energy and immense well, presence of, of paranormal entities. Um, a story about Jenny and John, my, 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 my daughter, my son, John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, by the way, you guys do a great job for my son in this place. Thank you so much. I'm forever grateful for what you do for him. We're, we're, I know George and I are especially grateful for the opportunity that's been given to us by John. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's very good. And he leaves you guys alone. He lets you guys. I love that. I'm, 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 well, I feel like it's, 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 it's a, a thing that we definitely had to prove it first. But then once we proved it, he realized, oh, I really don't need to. Like, everything is handled here. Between George, Travis, and myself, everything is handled. We, from any you know, excuse told to, me that. He's told to, me, yeah, he's to told content, me. to everything, it's all in-house. Well, let me tell you what happened with, uh, with Jenny, David, and George, my daughter, and John. We go to St. Louis, and we stay in a, a boutique hotel. I forgot the name of it. Oh, wait, I do remember. Half Moon or the Moon. Half Moon or something like that. Moon Hotel. Where was this? In St. Louis. Moon something. Half Moon or Moon something. And we go to stay there, and Jenny says to John, John, oh, this place is haunted. And John goes, Jen, come on. No, no. I can hear it. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come, come on. on. And, and she, she goes, I'm telling you, this place is haunted. So as we check out of the hotel, she goes over to the manager, and she says, I hate to say this, but has anybody ever said to you that this place is haunted? And the manager says, this used to be a funeral parlor. This lobby was a funeral parlor. So it was a, a funeral home. And, it, and you know, and uh, yes, we've heard this before. And it, quite frankly, it is haunted. And John's mouth just dropped because she didn't know that it had a past like that. And that people had, you know, how could she just go? It's very, very, very haunted, very haunted. I think it's the Moonrise Hotel. Is That's that something right? Okay. That's yeah. it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff. Um, like the Mob Museum is another one. I worked there for a brief stint, but they that was uh, a courthouse originally, and then it was a post office, and now it's a museum. But there was that was my first introduction to me actually seeing paranormal stuff, uh, because there was the the top floor was the parlor room, and we have a we have a, a chair that was a, a like a death chair from a prison on the second floor, and we have the there was the death room in there too, where it has all the the faces like. So your point that the deaths of people was more violent back yes, then? Yes, so there's a much higher release of energy. because. But wouldn't you think that is, they were dying younger and because science and, and well, yeah, medicine wasn't as good? So maybe, um, you know what I mean? They, they would, well, they, I mean, that's just, a, that's just a, a causation of people dying so violently was one, people were dying younger. Two, their medical help wasn't really a thing. As as readily available or as present as we have it now, so you know, like plantations, people died very violently there. The Civil War, people. That's why if you go to Gettysburg, there's a ton of videos of people seeing apparitions at the Getty, like at Gettysburg, where we live is Civil War area, right? And we hear it all the time, right? Yeah, like, and that's the reason why is because it was so violent. So, like, if you were to go like to places like Normandy, that's probably a lot of dark energy there because of how violent and gruesome it was there. Yeah. So that that's the that's the running theory I have. But um, there was one last story you told me about it when we were doing your radio show the other day, and you were saying you were on tour with a band and you were staying at a hotel and you guys all slept in the same bed together. 
No, we, we, not, we didn't sleep in the same bed. We were all on the same floor. Okay. So we were all on the same floor. David, come over here, David. Come over here. Come you want to? I got him on camera. No, he, no, he's okay right here. Come here. You, you can have him sit right there, and we can pull the mic over. Come here. Yeah, if you Because this is a big moment in that, in that tour that we did. The name of the town was Jim Thorpe. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Now, Jim Thorpe. If you want to pull that a, mic over, you can. He can use this if you want. You got, you got it? So Jim Thorpe was a famous American Indian who became an athletic superstar. Superstar in football, superstar in baseball. He, was, he could do everything, Jim Thorpe. So they named the city Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And the hotel is called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. So... We go to check in that hotel. We've been told that there's something in there, but well, you know, but on the road, you check in, you start your side of the story. I go to my room. I go to my room, and um, so I sit down, just in like a like a recliner. Put the TV on. We just had a long travel day, and then next to the recliner was a rocking chair, and I. And I look over and I notice it's got a little bit of movement to it. So I'm like, oh, it must be a vent. <laughs> Is there an earthquake going it on or something? must be just, you know. So I'm watching whatever show I'm watching. And it occurs to me to look over again. And I look over and it looks like, you know, when you're a kid and you're just seeing how far you can rock it. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going on now. And I'm like, okay, a vent is not causing that. <laughs> now, now I got to leave because we have a sound check or something. No, you came to my room. Oh, that's right. I came to your room. That's right. Comes to my room. When I go back to my room, right, that chair is still moving. All of my clothes are just. I'll never forget it. My keys. My keys were off. My chain, yeah. like they were, they were, you know, the little, I had like 10 keys scattered around the room. And here's why you thought we all slept in the same bed. So David comes in, he's pale white. I'm white as a ghost. And he goes, <laughs> and he doesn't know that I'm looking at the pictures on my wall and the pictures are going boop, and the other one is boop, and the other one's going boop like this. He comes walking in and tells me, bro, and he tells me that story. Well, one at a time, each one of the musicians start coming into my room, <laughs> one at a time. I want out of here. I can't believe what's going on in my room. I swear to you. And when we left that place, we told the story, at least I don't remember if you did, but I remember telling the story to the guy at the front desk. And he said, Tony, you hit the jackpot because the floor that you're on, we don't normally, you know, give out. we don't normally rent out, people, <laughs> but we were sold out. We don't normally do it because people get too freaked out. We're so sorry. We're so sorry that we will never happen again. I'm sorry. He says, no. I said, no, no, no. I said, we're going to be able to tell this story on Austin's podcast someday. Yeah, how many years ago was this? <laughs> he knew about it back then somehow. Yeah. You weren't born yet. Yeah, I mean, not to yeah. date you guys. Yeah, I yeah, wasn't man. born yet. <laughs> yeah. Anybody out there, the Crescent Hotel, right, where we in Eureka Springs, and... By the way, Eureka Springs is beautiful. It's the San Francisco of the Ozarks. 
Mm. The hills, the beauty. It's really, really beautiful. It's artistic. All artists, painters live there. You know, it's musicians. It's really funky. Ghosts, apparently. Soulful place, Eureka Springs. So, and and as you can see in the pictures of the Crescent, that that, uh, is a beautiful area. The Ozarks is absolutely stunning. Yeah. And so is Jim Thorpe Hotel. It's the same kind of a feeling, right? Yeah. It, very vibey and, uh, and just kind of old world. Yeah. Like you said, artsy. We're going to do very the Tony cool. Orlando tour of paranormal spots, George. Yeah, for real, dude. Call it the, to- the, the Tony O tour. <laughs> just go to all these places. But you have to try with your brother since he's in Fayetteville, an yeah. hour's drive. You got to go. And you got to oh, do yeah. the podcast from there. Well, oh, we'll, we will. we'll do a whole paranormal investigation like the one we did because that's all on video. The whole thing is, is a professionally shot. We edited it. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And ask about the doctor with the bowler hat. Well, well, we'll probably see him, it sounds like, at this rate. I mean, George might might finally be a believer. I know. I can't wait. This is getting me excited, man. I, you know, George is that guy that if he saw a, a, an entity at the end of the hallway, he would he would sprint towards it. No, be it'll, like, it'll, be the, it. it'll be the thumbnail photo. I'll literally just, like, be freaking out. I'll be like, ah! Now, let <laughs> like, me give you a tip on when it. to come. Don't come in the winter, and don't come in the dead of summer. Because the summers are hot. Really, yeah. you know, they really are muggy and hot. Come in the spring, or come in the fall. Either one of those two time periods, because you'll now now not only experience the the whole happening, but you'll go, boys, this place is beautiful. I know, I'm excited. Tremendous! What a way to end. So, Tony, I want to say thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate. Thank you for having, having you on. me, David. Thanks thank for you. making an appearance, George. I appreciate you as always. Yes, sir. Tony, what do you? Got? I know you're 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 on your you're 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 kind of rounding out your career right now. What do you have going on for people who may be interested in you know? Because let's be honest, a lot of my audience is is mine and George's age. They're 28 to 35. That's a young age for me. Yeah, and I don't expect them to come. Although they do show up. What's what's they and, sure do. And, and it's interesting why, not only because of Adam. Because the power he has with that age group is unbelievable, really. But also, the radio show, believe it or not, our, our audiences would start at 35. Just so, I know it's a shock. But yeah, it's David, an interesting no, demographic. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's yeah. an interesting demographic. And you know why I think it is? If you ever notice American Idol, for example, or The Voice... The music is from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, they're still singing the same, the same tunes up there. Because that was the years of great writing great writing so that music that we play goes from the 50s to now david will david will pull out stuff that's out there right now you know and uh we don't we don't look at it as oh that's our demographic we look at it as that demographic might love us let's just play it and let's one of the great things about your age group is they lo- they love to be a sponge. Mm-hmm. They love the stories. They love to hear about how things got started. They love to hear about the history of why Paul wrote that song. Like your eyes lit up when I said to you that he wrote that because his mother appeared to him in a dream. She was speaking words of wisdom, Paul, let it be. Yeah. Mother Mary came to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. So you lit up. And that's what happens to guys in your world, in your age group. We try and tell stories in which they go, whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, give them insight into some of the songs and the production yeah. and the writing. And- like I'll give you an example. It's Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. So I know Taylor Swift's dad very well. Yeah. So 
when she first started doing one on the road, and now people don't realize that she was doing stadiums in 2017. She's been she's as soon even with the country music. People she was don't making. realize that she was doing stadiums in 2017 and 18. So the first tours that she does, he tells me this great story. He goes, Tony, I get a call from Taylor. Now remember, Taylor's dad is a stockbroker. Yeah. That's his go. I say. So he's all about money and he's all about saving. And he's all about P and L, right? So she calls him up and she goes, Dad. How, how many buses do we have on this tour? He goes, four. She goes, how many semis do we have? So he goes, she goes, he goes, six. She goes, what's the name of the company that we get the buses from? It's here in Nashville, and he gives her the name. She says, buy it. And he goes, Buy it? Yeah, Dad, buy it. Buy the company so we can rent it out to all the tours that come out of Nashville. <laughs> so now she owned the bus company and was renting out the bus company to every act coming out of Nashville. She's going entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That's what Brilliant. That's what makes Taylor. Taylor Swift in 2023, Forbes had said she's an official $1.1 billion net. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, the music is a big part, but because she's being smart with where she's investing her money yeah, and her assets yeah. and everything. She's a but, smart lady, you know, smart girl. And so, you know. Didn't he say that they even bought the, um, was it the company that brings the cartage overseas or into South America or something? No, what of, they did was they, they took and rented the rented out the ship. Oh, that's what it was. That's right. The ships that you see, what you know, had cargo on them. Mm -hmm. They either bought the ship or they rented the ship to take the stuff down to Argentina, down to the to Panama. Because then you get your stuff moved for free, but then you can make profit from moving other people's stuff. George, what are we doing? Why are we podcasting? We need to be doing this. Yeah, I know. Let's go buy. What, what can we buy? She's playing Monopoly in real life. They got a blow-up canoe at Walmart, probably. Let's get that. George, there. we'll start transferring stuff across <laughs> Lake Mead. You know, we'll right do it across right Lake Mead. You want it on the other side? We got you. We got you. What's over there? Nothing, but we could do it. So, but Tony, thank you again thank so much you. for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate thank you. Thank you, George. Absolutely. George is a real one. Yes. Uh, thank you so much to our sponsors. Check out the links down below and like these slippers that we have right here. Of course, you already heard the ad, but these are really cool. You can use code bizarre and get 15% off your entire order at puffyslippers.com. Thank you so much to Sticky Paw Studios for uh, allowing us to do this amazing show here and have people like Tony on. Thank you to George and Gridiron Junkies, which if you haven't seen, we just did an episode with Gridiron Junkies. Not that long ago, talking about sports superstitions. Um, check out all of our links down below once again. If you want to support the show, you can become a YouTube member or a Facebook member. For 99 cents a month, you'll get access to unfiltered content. You'll get access to content that you're not going to see unless you become a member, like the full interviews from The Ghost Hunt, as well as the director's cut, because like I was telling Tony, it's only 27 minutes, but the whole thing is an hour on YouTube members. You can see that where it's uncut and what I thought would be good key moments. But thank you again to everybody watching, and until next time, stay bizarre. Stay bizarre.